Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe, and if you really like the show, make sure to leave a review, but most importantly, make sure to spread the word. Now, with that being said, let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. So hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, let's go ahead and focus on the positives first. The Giants are still in first place after going through another series against the Dodgers, and they came on top as winners. They won two games out of three. Thank God. But you know, even though the Dodgers lost, some still may say that they won yesterday because of the stupid trade that featured Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Max Scherzer is a three-time Cy Young Award winner, future Hall of Famer, and Trey Turner is a top seven, at least a top 10 player in all of baseball. They are both leaving the Nationals and have been traded to the Dodgers. Holy hell, this is absolutely ridiculous. And on top of that, Corey Seager comes back today for the Dodgers, so Trey Turner will play second base, Corey Seager will play shortstop. Oh, and guess what? Mookie Betts is just chilling on the bench, just recovering from his injury, so when he comes back, this team will be probably the best team in baseball history. This is absolutely bonkers. I can't stand it. Anyways, I got to calm down here for the rest of the show. Speaking of the trade deadline, it is currently almost 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Friday, which means that, you know, there's officially two more hours left of this trade deadline. The trade deadline ends at 1 p.m., So because of that, I have all my phones, all my computers, all my notifications ready. So in the middle of this recording, if there's a notification that I think is worthy enough to present, I'm just going to go ahead and read it and talk about it. So for example, I literally just got a notification as I was explaining this, that the Angels have made Rossiel Iglesias, their closer slash relief pitcher, available. Which is definitely interesting because if the Giants do miss out on Craig Kimbrell, Iglesias is definitely a good pivot for the Giants. And also, Ian Kennedy. So, as I said, I'm just going to keep reading notifications as the show goes on. But as of right now, if you haven't heard anything yet, the Giants have not made any moves. (laughs) It's definitely a conflicting time within the Giants fan base. A lot of people want Farhan Zaidi's head on a silver platter. And, you know... On the opposite spectrum, a lot of people are applauding Farhan Zaidi uh, for not erupting his entire farm system just to go after a few rentals. But it does make you sweat a little bit. I mean, I would like to do something. I'm not saying go ahead and trade the top five prospects that we have, but, you know, it would be awesome just to do something at this trade deadline. So who knows? Maybe the information will drop as we record this episode. 
But as we wait, let's go ahead and highlight some individual performances during the Giants vs. Padres series that I personally thought should be recognized. And let's go ahead and start with Mr. Johnny Cueto. My goodness, I had no idea he still had these types of performances left in the tank. He pitched five and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball while striking out five Dodgers players. He only walked two and he only gave up four hits. Phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal for Johnny Cueto, considering that he's been struggling so much. I was absolutely worried about this start because the Dodgers, we, as we all know, are the best team in baseball, and Johnny Cueto is not the best pitcher in baseball. So for him to go out there and prove that he still has something left for this Giants team, absolutely phenomenal. Well done, Johnny Cueto. Something else I would like to acknowledge is that Brandon Crawford is back, ladies and gentlemen, as we saw during yesterday's game. And he didn't waste any time either. In the first inning... Oh, notification. The Blue Jays and Nats are discussing Jan Gomes. Irrelevant. Moving on. Okay. Anyways, in the first inning yesterday during Brandon Crawford's first at-bat, of course he laces a double uh, when the bases were loaded to open up the scoring of the game. Welcome back, Brandon Crawford. Another Giants player who did a phenomenal job against this Dodgers team is Logan Webb. He pitched six innings of one-run baseball, and he also struck out five batters while only giving up three hits and one walk. And here's a fun fact for all you guys. Logan Webb has now produced a 2.25 ERA against the Dodgers this year. Well, James, that's great, but how many innings has he actually faced against the Dodgers? Great question. In 16 innings pitched against the Dodgers this year, Logan Webb has only given up four earned runs. On May 29th, he pitched against the Dodgers in L.A., and he went five innings of one-run baseball, struck out seven. Then he just had two consecutive starts against the Dodgers. July 21st, five innings, two earned runs, five strikeouts. And then, of course, during this series on July 27th, six innings pitched, one earned run, and five strikeouts. Logan Webb might arguably be one of the most valuable players on this Giants roster simply because of how effective he is against one of the biggest teams in all of baseball. Well, that's great, James. We should trade him. Negative. Negative. Absolutely not. Whoops. We got a notification. Twins trade talk on Byron Buxton are intensifying. That's a great player. But as of right now, I haven't heard anything about the Giants being linked to Byron Buxton, uh, but he would be a great addition. Moving on, nothing yet on the Giants. Gosh dang it, man. This is frustrating. Oh, God, another notification. Here we go. The Chicago White Sox are finalizing a deal to acquire closer Craig Kimbrell from the Chicago Cubs. Wow, this is crazy. And this is awesome because the Dodgers were also rumored to be linked to Craig Kimbrell, and I'm... At that point, I'm just like, wow, I, I would much rather that not happen than even focus on what the heck the Giants are doing. Well, at least Craig Kimbrell won't be on the Padres or the Dodgers. This is great. So we'll see what happens. What does this mean for the Giants? Well, there are still plenty of relief arms. There's always relief arms available. So it's not the end of the world just yet. At this point, again, I'm just happy that Craig Kimbrell is no longer going to be in the NL West. All right, still some things to cover during this Dodgers-Giants series. Um, I gotta say, the relief pitching was pretty on fire. Besides John Brebbia, which, hey, he's been sent down to AAA, which, you know, 
I do kind of like. I really do. I was listening to the Grant Brisby, Andrew Baggerly podcast, and they were explaining how John Brebbia was still coming back from Tommy John surgery, and he came back earlier than expected. So maybe he's still dealing with something uh, in terms of arm health uh, coming back from that injury. At this point, just like Matt Whistler, if you aren't producing when you're on a team that's fighting for first place and currently holding that spot, you know, Moves have to be made. And as a result of that, John Brebbia has been sent down to AAA. But everyone else, I got to tell you, has been on fire. During yesterday's game, Dominic Leone, one innings pitched, uh, did not give up a hit, earn run, or walk, struck out two. Tyler Rogers, one innings pitched, did not give up a hit, earn run, or walk, and struck out three. He struck out the side. And Jake McGee sealed another win. So the back end of our bullpen, including Harleen Garcia, have been really consistent as of late, and that's definitely amazing to see. All right, some other news. Brandon Belt is starting a rehab assignment. Thank God. This is fantastic news. He's playing baseball in AAA, which means that he will be back sooner rather than later. And Tommy Lestella has already been playing on his rehab assignment. So definitely, Lestella will be back before Belt. But as of right now, all the Giants veteran bats who were doing so well before they were injured are starting to come back into the lineup. We got Crawford back. We're going to get LaStella back. And now we're going to get Belt back, which I think I speak for all of us when I say we all couldn't be happier about that. All right. One thing I will say, there is one negative thing. Anthony Descofani. I love him. You've, you've heard me talk about him multiple times on this show, praising what he's done this year. As of right now, he's produced a 10-5 record for the Giants with a 3.10 ERA. Fantastic. However, he struggles again against the Dodgers. During Wednesday night's game, he only pitched 2.2 innings pitched. He gave up four earned runs on six hits and could only strike out three. You know, could he have made it more than 2.2 innings? Absolutely, probably. But at that point, Gabe Kapler was just trying to stop the bleeding before the game got too far out of hand. So what does this mean for Descofani? You know, I really don't know. You know, against everyone else, he's been fantastic. But the Giants, they played the Dodgers and the Padres the most out of everyone in their division, which means you would like to have players who perform very well against those teams. Which now we start to question, will Descalfani be on the team next year? Because currently right now, he's on a one-year contract with the Giants, and then he'll be a free agent. On one hand, it's, you know, it's awesome to have depth and another productive arm in your starting rotation. You know, he's really good against everyone else. He really is. But on the other hand, it would be nice to win the most important games of the year, which is against your division rivals. So... At this point, I don't foresee Anthony Descofani re-signing with the Giants just because of his struggles against the Dodgers. But, you know, who knows? Who really knows? All right, the last thing I will say. Oh, actually, wait, I have another update. Mike Talkman has been cut. He's officially off the team. And that can definitely be viewed as a good or bad thing. He's a fantastic defender. He had some really cool moments with the Giants this year robbing Albert Pujols of that game-winning home run, and then also hitting that home run against the Angels in the 13th inning. However, the man has not been able to find the baseball consistently with his bat. He's a great defender. He seems like a great person. He just has not been producing offensively. I understand why the Giants made the move, but in order to reinstate Brandon Crawford and starting pitcher Aaron Sanchez back from the disabled list, the Giants needed to make moves which was sending John Brebbia down to AAA and also cutting Mike Talkman. So 
here we are. And of course, one final update I'll say from this Giants-Dodgers series is that Lamont Wade Jr., even though he did not start yesterday, he still got an RBI double against a lefty. And in fact, it was his first hit ever recorded against a lefty in his entire career. Everyone loves Lamont Wade Jr., and they loved him even more after that clutch RBI hit against the Dodgers. All right. That is the quick breakdown of the Giants-Dodgers. How are we doing on the trade deadline? All right. Still Byron Buxton news. Josh Donaldson is now being shopped by the Twins. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's something from Alex Pavlovic, our favorite Giants reporter. Even though it's not breaking news, it's still something. Anyways, I'll just read it. From Alex Pavlovic. Reminder that in Farhan Zaidi's only other real trade deadline with the Giants, they made five moves in the final 90 minutes, and three of them became known after the deadline had passed already. So that's a great point. As of right now, we have no idea what's happening in the Giants front office. It seems like, you know, when we don't hear anything, it seems like nothing's happening, but that's probably not the case. There's probably so many things happening on their end, and it's possible that we may not even hear anything until 20 or 30 minutes after the conclusion of the trade deadline. So this seems like an eternity. It does for me, at least, but we may have to hold on a little bit longer here, folks. We can do this. I know we can. All right, in the meantime, let's go ahead and give a little preview of the upcoming series against the Houston Astros. This is kind of exciting, at least for me anyways, because depending on who you're talking to, the Houston Astros are the best team in the American League, and of course, they carry a lot of controversy and noise with them. But along with controversy in baseball, also breeds excitement. So I'm definitely excited to see Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Zach Greinke, play some baseball at Oracle Park because this is just one of the teams where you always hear about but at least for me I just don't consistently watch but you know they're always good you see all of their highlights but due to the fact that the Giants are on the west coast and the Houston Astros are in the American League we just don't see a lot of consistent action from them so I'm definitely excited so the first game starts tonight it's going to feature a matchup between Kevin Gosman and Framber Valdez for the Houston Astros Valdez is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. He has a 6-2 record with a 2.97 ERA, but this is actually an even more important game for Kevin Gosman. Winning this game is an obvious focus. You know, winning every game is obvious focus. However, what's even more important for me at least, I need to see another good start out of Gosman. And that's because his last two starts against the Dodgers and the Pirates were both pretty shaky in my opinion. I would love to see Gosman get back on track here. And I wish it was against an easier team. However, I feel like Gosman is absolutely capable of stepping up to the challenge. And just for my sanity at this point, I need Gosman to remind me that he is the ace of this pitching staff and he is still one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Game 2 is going to feature a matchup between Alex Wood and Zach Greinke. This is pretty exciting because they were both teammates at one point in a Dodger uniform. And please don't let his age fool you. Yes, he's 37 years old. Yes, he's played 18 years in the majors. My God, that's crazy. But also, at the same time, Granke is still shoving. He has a 10-3 record with a 3.48 ERA, and he's just one of those pitchers that has figured out how to stay in the league for a long time. He's redeveloped himself throughout the years, and he just knows how to get outs. He knows what to do, and he knows how to win ballgames. But you know what? So does Alex Wood. 
And at one point during the season, I challenged Alex Wood to get back on track after struggling a little bit. And he has most definitely stepped up to the call. Because in the month of July, if you look at his past four starts, you can see that Alex Wood has produced a 2.82 ERA in 22.1 innings pitched and has struck out 29 batters during that time. Alex Wood has been fantastic, especially against teams such as the Dodgers, where he pitched five innings and only gave up one earned run and struck out seven. This might be my favorite matchup of the three, considering that Zach Greinke is one of the most popular and well-known players in all of baseball, and because Alex Wood has been on fire in the month of July. So this will definitely be super exciting. And the final matchup of this series will be on Sunday, and it will feature a battle between Logan Webb and Luis Garcia. And at this point, I really don't want to jinx Logan Webb, but at this point, he's definitely earned my trust. And that that just isn't because he's dominated the Dodgers. If you look at his past seven starts, all right, he's produced a 1.54 ERA. In 35 innings pitched, he struck out 37 batters, and opposing hitters have only been able to produce a 1.75 batting average against him during that time. Logan Webb is definitely on fire, and like I said, he's earned my trust no matter who he's facing, so that should be exciting as well. Whoops. Update. Update. All right, here we go. Has nothing to do with the Giants again, so temper your expectations. The Mets have a deal in place pending medicals to acquire Javier Baez from the Cubs. All right, that's pretty crazy, but hey, at least it's not Chris Bryant. So Chris Bryant is still on the table. Who knows, folks? It's 11.50 p.m., which means there's pretty much, you can round it up to saying that there's pretty much only an hour left in this trade deadline. Whoops, another update. Again, has nothing to do with the Giants. The Oakland A's are in agreement, here we go, are in agreement on a deal to, to acquire infielder Josh Harrison and catcher Jan Gomes from the Washington Nationals. Great. Still see nothing from the Giants. But like I said earlier, and what Alex Pavlovic reminded us all, things can happen 20 or 30 minutes after the conclusion of the trade deadline. So even though there's pretty much only an hour left, I feel, for some reason, I still feel like the trade deadline, we still have nothing but time. All right, so when it comes to the Houston Astros series, I would love for the Giants to walk away with at least two wins out of three. If you really look at it, the only reason why this series might be a little tough is because of all the three starting pitchers from the Houston Astros, two of them are left-handed, and we already know how much the Giants struggle against starting left-handed pitching. But you know what? We'll see what happens. Oh, God, I have a notification. Here we go. The SF Giants and Chris Bryant are one pairing to watch in the next hour after the report from Feinstein that Javier Baez is headed to the Mets. So what does that mean? I guess things are heating up. I don't know. That would be crazy, obviously. That's the only thing we've all ever wanted is for Chris Bryant to come to San Francisco over the past couple months. He's a right-handed hitter who would definitely help out with left-handed pitching. He plays five different positions. He can play third. He can play left, center, right, and first base. I've said this countless times, but I would love it even more if the Giants somehow acquired him without having to give up a top five prospect in order to extend Bryant the next season, and they can start building around him. But I have no idea what's happening. I can only imagine what the hell is happening in that front office. Papers flying everywhere, phones constantly on the hook, ringing. Man, what a rush. This is crazy. All right, folks, I'm trying to hold off as long as I can in hopes of big news being dropped so I can give you guys my immediate reaction. 
So I'll go ahead and ramble on a little longer just to see if that happens. So Trevor's story, it sounds like he might be staying put. The GM of the Colorado Rockies, it seems like he doesn't want to be embarrassed again after the Nolan Arenado trade. But I think that's actually terrible as a GM. That's a terrible move. You know that the Rockies are on the decline. So why don't you just fully commit to a rebuild in order to give your fans something, just something to look forward to. So I think that's actually really bad on the GM side. He was another name that the Giants were linked to. And I honestly wouldn't hate it. Actually, also considering that I found out after hearing those rumors that Story could play outfield, maybe center field. That would be pretty sick. But as of right now, it seems like, like I said, the GM wants to hold on to Trevor Story, which is completely asinine in my opinion. So as of right now, the biggest name that the Giants seem to be still linked to is Chris Bryant. I would also love an acquisition of a starting pitcher or relief pitcher, either of the two, maybe both along with acquiring Chris Bryant, but that might just be too much if keeping the farm system is also a goal for the Giants. Man, this is crazy. Being a GM seems like an absolute nightmare of a job right now. But I do trust Farhan Zaidi, and we are now approaching the 20-minute mark on the show, and it is now officially 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Officially one hour left. And you know what? With the Cubs reaching a deal with the Mets, I think that only helps the Giants with the negotiation process with Chris Bryant. The Cubs have now officially traded Craig Kimbrell, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez and have received huge, huge prospects in terms of bodies and talent in return. So the asking price for Bryant may not be as much in demand as it was a few days ago before they had traded all those players. So you know what? Maybe things are lining up the way we want them. We want Bryant, but we don't want to give up the entire farm in order to get him, especially because he's a free agent at the end of the year. But man, this is crazy. This is truly crazy. All right, I think I'm just going to cut it off. My fear is that as soon as I stop recording the Chris Bryant news, Chris Bryant has been traded to San Francisco Giants. That news is going to drop. But you know what? Maybe that's another reason to stop recording because I actually want that to happen. All right, everyone, that's going to be all for today's show. Again, thank you so much for your continued support of this show. Without you guys, I'm just talking to myself. So I just want to say thank you again so much for listening. Again, everyone, you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can leave a rating and a review if you would like on Apple Podcasts. It would be very much appreciated. Folks, please continue to stay safe in this world. Please continue to be smart. And most importantly, go Giants.